Hello, this is Spencer Maine. You are listening to my dad on the Handgun World Podcast. Hi folks, I'm Bob May. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 475, to be exact, it's March 1st, 2019. So, this episode, I've got some pretty cool things to cover. I'm going to start with a couple of listener voicemails, and then I'm going to move into... A uh, a segment that I did while I was on the road recently from the Handgun World mobile studio. I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Ammo.com. And I really appreciate all of you who have been buying your ammunition through Ammo.com. You get $20 off because you are a listener to the Handgun World podcast. $20 off any order, $200 or more, all you have to do is use the special link that's in the show notes, and that address, that web address is ammo.com slash handgunworld. Again, www.ammo.com slash handgunworld. I will put a special link in the show notes. That's probably the best thing for you to do to find that. And I have had people place orders already and give me good feedback about the great service that they got from Ammo.com. Let's get right to the first voicemail. And by the way, if you want to be on the Handgun World podcast, if you got a voicemail with some, <clears throat> excuse me, with some feedback or questions or just a general statement or whatever, just call 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. Here's the first one I would like to let you hear. Bob, this is Scott from Virginia. Uh, listening to your podcast of February 1st, in which you talked about concealment with um, cold weather clothing, um, that is why they invented a snub-nosed revolver. You put it in your overcoat, you always have it. If you watch videos about concealed draw, nobody ever pulled a firearm from underneath the parka. Have a good day. Scott, thank you very much for that voicemail and for that reminder. He is correct. That's one of the great things about a snub-nosed revolver is it does make a great inside-the-coat concealed carry handgun i don't know if that's why it was actually invented but a great use for it please make sure that you're using a good pocket holster if you do that i am not a big fan of putting any kind of a firearm inside of a pocket of anything whether it's your coat whether it's your your jeans or ladies even if it's a purse whatever you put it into please use a pocket holster so that the trigger and the trigger guard is covered so that it cannot be accidentally discharged 
by something inside your pocket or something going inside your pocket or something inside your purse. If you don't believe me, check it out. It has happened and it has happened to people and that's just simply not a good thing. Now, snub-nosed revolvers, they're, they're great for concealed carry, but they're generally a lot harder to shoot. Um, I, was, I was paying attention to a post on Facebook recently. Uh, John Correa from Active Self-Protection was talking about some guns that was in one of his concealed carry classes. And he said that one student was at a concealed carry class, showed up with a snub-nosed revolver, and she ended up shooting some big open race gun that she had instead because she didn't want to run the concealed carry revolver in his class. You know, I'm kind of wondering, and again, I don't really mean to, I don't really mean to put anybody down or criticize anybody unfairly. I'm just wondering, why would anybody go to what is called a concealed carry class and not shoot your concealed carry gun? I mean, if this is a gun that you're going to bet your life on and carry often, don't you want to be good shooting it? What's the point of shooting a large, open, class, race gun with an optic and everything like that? What's the point of doing that in a, in a concealed carry class? You know, Ben and I have had people show up to classes with guns like that, classes that we're teaching. You know, in our classes, they were called beyond concealed carry. We still emphasized concealed carry, even though it was kind of beyond. What we meant is it's it was beyond your concealed carry, your CHL or your license to carry class that your state requires if you are in a state that requires a license. You know, why? Why go to a concealed carry defensive handgun class? I just kind of strike my, uh, scratch my head and not shoot your carry gun. That's why I'm a big fan of the competition sports and the backup gun divisions now. Uh, the backup gun divisions, that's a great thing to participate in. Or how about just showing up for a competition match and, and shooting your concealed carry gun? Sure, you're going to be at a disadvantage if you've only got seven or eight rounds in the gun. So what? Practice with your concealed carry gun. You're probably not going to win the match with your concealed carry gun, but practice with it. If you take a class, if you take a class, why not take the entire class with your concealed carry weapon? For example, do you have a Glock 43? Shoot the Glock 43 in that class. Do you have an XDS? Do you have a snub-nosed revolver? Are you carrying a Smith & Wesson Shield or a Walther PPS or one of the new Glock 43Xs or whatever? Shoot the match with that gun that you're betting your life on or shoot the class with that gun. You know, yeah, are you going to be able to shoot as well as somebody that has a uh, slicked up 1911 all finely tuned and everything? Probably not. Or if they've got you know, a full-size service gun and they've got a modified trigger on it and they got a longer sight radius and better sights than you do, probably you're not going to outshoot them. But is that the point? No, I think the point, to be honest with you, is to be able to get better using whatever it is that you carry. Now, you have to forgive me, folks. How many of you are in a forgiving mood right now? I'm going to ask you to forgive me. I I look at things from a common sense point of view, from an everyday guy's point of view. 
because that's who I am. I'm not a I'm not a an operator. I'm not a you know special ops operator. I'm not a uh, ex law enforcement guy or ex military or even a a former gunsmith. I, I don't. I, that's not me. I'm just Bob Main, a Yankee with a gun, a salesman, living in Texas, and I and I carry my gun every day for self protection because I take my Second Amendment rights very seriously. So that's the perspective you're going to get from me on this show. Always, you're going to get the everyday guy's perspective. If you go to Modern Handgunners, the new video series on YouTube that Ben Branham and I are doing, you'll see that we're, we're, we're each on every video. You'll see both of us, but you'll get different points of view. You'll get the everyday guy point of view from me. You'll get the the different point of view from, from Ben. Ben's background is military and law enforcement. Uh, yes, he's very good at taking those ideas and taking those techniques and making them applicable to those of us who carry every day. He's very good at that. But you'll hear him take a little bit of a different side towards the guns that we review and the techniques that we talk about over at Modern Handgunners. And you can check it out, Modern Handgunners at YouTube. Please subscribe. You can also just go to ModernHandgunners.com or you can check us out on Facebook at Modern Handgunners. So have fun with that. It's a good, it's free, by the way. It's different from our Shooters Club videos that we put out there. Okay, one more voicemail to talk about. Hey, Bob. This is Tim from NC. Just a little thought here about the Glock 19X and uh, Glock 45. I'm with you in that I don't really see the appeal except for, you know, maybe a special use case where you want to throw a threaded barrel and a compensator on the gun. If you did that, you would have a gun that would easily fit in existing Glock 34 holsters and would really have the same profile as a Glock 34, but it would be compensated. That's To me, that's the only appeal of that particular gun. But that's also from somebody who is, you know, quite comfortable with the 19 form factor. If I had bigger hands and found my pinky dangling off of a 19 or something like that, then I might could see it. I've got some friends who have said that the 19 slide actually cycles, you know, quote unquote better than, you know, the 17 or 34 length slides for certain kinds of shooting. So there's that too, but I'm happy with my 19s and that's probably where I'm going to stick, but just thought I'd throw that in the hat. Appreciate the podcast. Have a good one. Thank you, Tim. Another great voicemail. Yeah, he's right. People have said that, especially for competition shooting, that they like the way that the that the slide runs on the uh, Glock 19 versus a 17 or a 34. And with the larger grip and everything of the Glock 45 or the Glock 19X, it probably does make a great competition gun, especially if you put a red dot on it of some kind. Then you probably got a really cool competition gun michael bain at downrange radio put some facebook posts up recently by the way i i I really enjoy his podcast all the time been listening for years i listen to podcasts too and one of them that i try never to miss as much as possible 
is Michael Bain's Downrange Radio. He was talking about a Glock 19X that he's got all set up with a red dot and uh, competition ready and things like that. So a lot of people are going to that. If I was going to do such a thing, I think I'd get the Glock 45. The Glock Model 45. That's, I think, the one that I would probably go for. It's very similar to the Glock 19X, but there's a few subtle differences that I really like about it. And coming up in the segment towards the end of this episode, I talk a lot about some modifications I've made to my Glock Gen 3, Glock 19 Gen 3. Some modifications are fantastic. Some did not work out so well. So I've already changed it, and I'll talk about that. So you'll hear about that a little bit towards the end of this episode. But Tim, great point. Great point. Thank you very much for for calling that in. I've said it before. I've said it. I'll say it again, and you'll hear it again coming up a little later in this episode. I personally don't think the Glock 19X or the Glock Model 45, I don't think they make a lot of sense for concealed carry. I I just don't. Because if I'm going to carry a gun with a grip that large, I might as well carry a Glock 17 or a Glock 34. That's just my personal opinion. Feel free to disagree with me if you want. If you disagree with me, just send me a voicemail, make it well thought out, and uh, and call it in. I'd appreciate that. I don't mind people disagreeing with me. It's perfectly okay. But I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a grip that large, I am. I would just rather have the larger gun. Period. Uh, but then again, if you can conceal that Glock 19X nicely, if you can conceal it well, and obviously shoot it real well, carry on. All right, just that's fine. So again, Tim, thanks for calling that voicemail in. Once again, phone number is 210-646-1727. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is I made the plunge and I got a Glock 43X and a Glock 48. They're not going to be carried by me right away because I need to make sure that they're reliable. But I really like the concept of 10 round guns plus one in the magazine. And the Glock 43X, I think I was wrong about. I've mentioned that before. I think think it could be a real, real good concealed carry gun, and here's why, at least for me. I do like the larger grip, and it's thinner. It's thinner. I don't like the larger grip of the Glock 19X or 45, but I do like the larger grip on the small gun on the Glock 43X. Now, I have not gone out to the range and put a lot of rounds through these yet. So, I'm going to say I I don't know yet how they shoot for me or how I can shoot them. I should, I should put it that way. I don't know how well I can shoot those guns, but I imagine I'm probably going to be able to shoot those guns fairly well. And so... I'll be doing a review more a little bit later about how well they shoot, okay? Still, I'm carrying what I know to be reliable. I'm carrying a Glock 19 or a Smith & Wesson 2.0 M&P Compact. And for a small gun, I'm either carrying my regular Glock 43 or an M&P Shield. uh, M&P Shield 2.0 9mm. Because they are proven to me. And I have holsters for them. 
and I have shot them. I can do well with them. I know the guns. They're familiar to me. I want something that is familiar, that is proven to me, that I know that I can shoot well. But the Glock 48, that's just a sweet feeling gun. Man, it just really feels awesome. It feels great. It looks cool. Both of those guns look cool. The great thing is the top end of the guns are interchangeable because the frame is exactly the same. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. So let's say you have a Glock 43, by the way, a regular Glock 43, and you just happen to like the black color better than the stainless color of the slide. So just take the top end off of your regular Glock 43 and Put it on the 43X frame and call it good. But the, uh, the the Glock 48 is a great single stat Glock 19. That's what it is, folks. Single stat Glock 19. When I put the 48 next to my 19, it's, it's the same gun except thinner. And the thinness makes a big difference to me. And a thin gun that holds 10 rounds in the mag and one in the chamber, an 11-round pistol in a small package like that, that's appealing to me. Well, Bob, go get yourself a SIG P365. I understand the SIG P365. They were out first. I shot one. I rented one, put a fair amount of rounds through it. It felt a little bit too small for me, but there's a chance I might give that gun a second chance. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure how the budget's going to be going in the next couple of months because I'm getting married soon. That's coming up and got to pay for all that stuff. But if it's in the budget, I'll acquire a P365. Uh, and, and let me tell you why I'm buying these guns is because I know if I don't like them later, they're going to be easy to sell. I mean, why would I not be able to sell a P365 if I didn't like it? Why would I not be able to sell a G48 or a G43X if I don't like them? So, you know, they'll be easy for me to sell and get most of my money back on them if I end up not liking them. But because I'm not an industry insider, because I'm not one of the uh, top level industry people, I guess, I don't get these guns sent to me for testing and evaluation for free. That'd be nice, but I don't. So please support me. Please support me so I can continue to help or continue to do some of this stuff and help you guys review these guns. Um, we need support for our new Modern Handgunners video series. And uh, I need support for this show. So if you don't mind, uh, do your Amazon shopping through my Amazon store. That's one way you can support me and, and um, not have to spend any extra money. Join our Shooters Club for only $8 a month or $75 a year. Ben Branham and I have great instructional videos at the Shooters Club. Shootersclubmembers.com. Link will be in the show notes. Support my sponsors, Ammo.com and Concealment Solutions. Jason's sending me a G48 holster pretty soon. Hey, by the way, the Glock 43X fits in any Glock 43 holster. That part is all the same, only the grip is different. The grip in the magazines, of course. So it won't work in your Glock 43 mag pouch, I don't think. I don't think those mags will work. The extra mag will work in your G43 mag pouch. But the gun itself, the gun itself will perfectly fit in a Glock 43 holster. That being the Glock 40. Well, at least it does in mine. In my Concealment Solutions Cobra outside the waistband 
holster for my Glock 43. So that's cool. So you can support my sponsors. And by the way, you get 10% off at Concealment Solutions just by using the one word coupon code HANDGUNWORLD at checkout. One word coupon code HANDGUNWORLD 10% discount. So support me if you will, folks. And at the very least, could you at least write an iTunes review of this show if you've never done that before. If you use iTunes... Uh, if you don't mind, go to the Handgun World podcast on iTunes and, and write an honest review for me. I would appreciate that because those reviews, they also help support the show just by helping me attract more listeners. So time for just a quick break and then you'll hear my segment from the Handgun World mobile studio. Okay, this segment from the Handgun World Mobile Studio. Using my Apple AirPods in my iPhone, I don't have my normal audio recording headset that I typically use when I'm in the Handgun World Mobile Studio, so I will apologize in advance if the audio quality is not exactly what you're used to, but coming home from a competition match, wanted to share some things with you that I found out, some observations and some malfunctions and things that I had when I was shooting a competition match today. It's Saturday morning right now. Beautiful Saturday morning. About 64 degrees, I think. Oh, no, my truck says it's 73 degrees as I'm driving home at 1247. So this segment is brought to you by Concealment Solutions, makers of phenomenal holsters. Right now, I am wearing a Concealment Solutions Cobra outside the waistband holster for my Glock 19. And these are terrific holsters. These are my concealed carry holsters and my competition holsters. They're outside the waistband. It's 90% of the way that I carry right now because these conceal well enough to make outside the waistband carry very, very practical for me. In fact, in fact, when I carry a single stack gun or a thin gun like a Glock 43 or Smith & Wesson Shield, uh, these outside the waistband Cobra holsters are great. They're comfortable, conceals the gun very well. Can't say enough good things about them. The coupon code HANDGUNWORLD, which is all one word at checkout, gets you a 10% discount. So when I was shooting AASA today, American Action Shooting Association, the president is Ted Bonnet. Ted Bonnet might be a name that's familiar to you. Um, Ted won some IPSC championships, I think it was in the 90s, and he's still a phenomenal shooter. So I shot my Glock 19 third gen today. Now, I, I did some things to the Glock 19 third gen that make it very, very nice, and I did one thing that is not so good that I'm going to change. So I had a lot of problems today. 
with what I thought were malfunctions. I thought they were failures to feed. And I had that three times happen to me where right in the middle of shooting the stage, I get a failure to feed. So I had to tap rack and it cost me time and it really sucked. And I thought there's something wrong with my G19. And it's, you know, I mean, it's got a new recoil spring assembly and I'm using brand new magazines and everything. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with my third gen G19? Well, I'm trying to train myself to use the slide stop to release the slide after I reload. So what I did a couple of months ago is I put a Glock extended slide stop or slide release on there. That was my problem. I changed my grip a little bit in my left hand, my support hand. I'm trying to get a real high grip with my left hand because I've seen some good shooter, shooters, some world champion shooters show on, on video that that's a good way to shoot a pistol, especially to grip a pistol, especially if it's a Glock or an M&P. Get a nice high grip, as high as you can. Not only with the shooting hand, but also with my support hand. What I was doing today is I was accidentally pushing up on the slide lock while I was shooting. And the way I figured that out is I got three of my stages on video. This is why it's very important to videotape yourself when you're shooting. Very important. I mean, get get somebody to do it for you. I don't mean video yourself. You, you can't really shoot and run a camera yourself. But get somebody to video. I saw it on video when I was shooting. Then I figured it out. It was too late. The match was almost over. Um, I should have switched over to my Gen 4 G19 that I brought today that has a standard slide lock on it. So I'm going to switch this over to the uh, Larry Vickers slide lock or slide release. Uh, Vickers makes a nice one that makes it easier to use my shooting hand thumb to release the slide. But I won't have the problem, <clears throat> excuse me, I won't have the problem of accidentally pushing it up and locking the slide open when I don't want to do it. So that's a, an observation I noticed. Some people have that problem. I did not think I was going to have that problem, but I did. Also, some people have the problem that with their shooting hand thumb, they actually, they accidentally push down on the extended slide lock. And then their gun won't, won't lock open after the last shot. My problem was the opposite. A couple of other reviews I want to give. I totally love the Trigicon XD, kind of a lime green, yellowish color front sight that I bought. I like Trigicon XDs, although I do have on order a set of the new XSF8 sights with an orange front, and I'm going to test that. I'm going to test those on one of my other Glocks. So that's the XS set of F8, the new F8 sights that they have, which is more of a dot the eye concept. So I'm going to try that. I'll be reviewing those 
I'll be shooting a couple of matches with those, and then I will go back to the either the standard Glock slide lock, uh, or I'll I'll probably switch over to the Vickers because I really want to try for a while using my thumb to release the slide and try it that way. It is faster if I practice it a lot. It is faster for me. It's probably faster for most people than using the uh, overhand method. The overhand method is still something for defensive shooting that I really strongly suggest. And I may end up just going back to using that method all the time. But I'm definitely going to have to get rid of this extended slide lock and then shoot one more match with it because I think that's the only problem. I don't think... I was using pretty good ammo today and... I don't think my third gen G19. I haven't, I haven't done a lot of internal modifications. Matter of fact, I've done zero internal modifications to this G19 Gen 3. They're all external modifications, and that slide lock lever is considered an external modification. I think it was causing a problem. Typically, typically when a Glock malfunctions, it's because of some kind of modification that the shooter made, and that modification is not working very well for the shooter. And that was my case today. So just some food for thought. Now, I want to talk about my M&P 2.0s again, both of them. I have not had one single malfunction with those pistols. Each one has a thousand-round trigger job. They're all completely stocked except for one of them that has the Apex duty trigger, flat-faced trigger. Uh, and that's a terrific trigger. It's never malfunctioned for, uh, on me at all. So that's one good thing that I've got to say about the Smith & Wesson M&P guns. And I have the M&P 2.0 compacts, the 4-inch models. But right now i got about another month to shoot G19 as part of my one-year shooting test, and then I'm going to switch over to something else. I'm either going to buy probably, maybe, I, I might actually sh uh, switch over to a Glock 48 and a 43X. I may pick up those, even though I'm, I'm not a fan anymore of buying a gun when it first comes out. Uh, I'm going to try that one more time. They're not going to get carried until I've proven them to be reliable. My primary carry guns are still my ultra-reliable 4th Gen Glock 19 and my ultra-reliable Smith & Wesson M&P Shield 9mm with 8 round mags, which makes it a 9 round gun. I really do like the concept of the G48 and the G43X. I like the 10-round magazines and the full-size grip. The, the analysis I did on the SIG, the SIG P365, was that it was too small for me, too small for my hands. So that's that gun is pretty much out. I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna own a Sig P365 because 
I'm pretty sure I can conceal a G43X just as easily as I could conceal a SIG P365. I've had a chance to go to a store, dry fire a G43X, and put my hands on the grip and actually put it into a G43 holster. The G43X will go into a G43 holster, no problem. Now, the G48 won't go into a G43 holster. Um, the Concealment Solutions holsters I used, have, they have a closed bottom on them, so I cannot put a G48 in there. But Jason Christensen at Concealment Solutions is going to be sending me a G48 holster pretty soon. But I can at least put the G43X into my G43 holster, and that's going to be fun. And so... I don't think that little extra part of the grip, I, I think I was wrong about my first impressions of the G43X. I think it's going to be just fine, just as easily for me to conceal. And I can get my entire hand on the grip without having to use a magazine extension. I really like that. Even the shield that I like so much, I have to use a mag extension. Now, I'm using the, um, the MagFix mag extensions that Paul Carlson from Safety Solutions Academy makes, and they are terrific. I think they are by far much, much better than the factory eight-round magazines. Just take a, just take a shield eight-round magazine and put, put Paul uh, Carlson's uh, Safety Solutions Academy mag fix base plates. And I'm using both. Uh, I use the aluminum because I, I bought a few of those when he had the aluminum base plates, and then also I'm using the polymer. The polymer are just fine. Uh, there's so many good advantages to that. It gives you a little lip on the on the base plate to kind of lock my pinky into that grip nicely. I don't get that with the factory mag extensions, and uh, and of course it prevents the problem with my hand stopping the magazine from coming out. But this is where I think the G43X has an advantage over the shield. The grip length is the same. I'll say that again. The grip length of the G43X is the same as a shield with an eight-round magazine in it. And the thickness is maybe a little thicker, but it doesn't make that much of a difference. But it's essentially the same grip length as a Glock 19, but here's the beauty. Both the G48 and the G43X are so much thinner than a Glock 19 that the extra grip length does not matter. Contrast that with a Glock 19X, which I think for a concealed carry gun is silly. A lot of people love the G19X. I get it. A lot of people love it. I think a lot of people love to shoot the G19X and competition shoot with the G19X. There are some of you that I hear, yes, you conceal carry the G19X, but if I'm going to conceal carry a G19X, for me, for Bob Main, I might as well carry a Glock, 9, a Glock 17. I might as well carry a Glock 17 because the grip of a G19X is pretty much the same as the grip of a Glock 17, and I'll get a longer sight radius. That's just my opinion. 
personal preference. You might disagree, and if you disagree, that's okay. Send me a voicemail on that or a, or a good email on that uh, if you disagree. My voicemail number is 210-646-1727. Anytime you want to be on the Handgun World podcast, just voicemail me, 210-646-1727. In this episode, I've got some voicemails. I don't know if I'm going to put the voicemail before this segment or if I'm going to put it after this segment, but you'll hear it. I recently got some that I'm going to address. So congratulations, Glock. They finally did, they finally made the single stack Glock 19 that everybody's been wanting for years and years. And that's the G48. If it proves reliable, I'm probably going to get one. If it proves reliable, that's going to be a nice carry gun for me when I need better concealment than a Glock 19. And by the way, the trigger reach on G43X's and G48s. It's a lot shorter. Same with the G43. So they're going to fit more hands than a standard Glock because the trigger reach is shorter. And that's a big deal. Length of pull. That's a big deal on how well a pistol fits your hand. It's one one thing I like about Smith & Wesson M&Ps. The trigger reach is pretty short compared to a Glock. And that's one reason why M&Ps fit people's hands better. There are a lot of guns out there where the trigger reach is shorter. And so it fits people's hands better. And thus, they are able to shoot them better. I think I shoot my M&P 2.0s a little better than I do my Glocks. But I am excited to try the, the G48 and the G43X and see how my shooting is with those compared to my M&P pistols. By the end of 2019, I'll, I'll be settled on two carry guns, and then that's what I'll stick with. I'll be settled on a mid-sized gun, which will be a 4-inch barreled 15-round gun, and then I'll be settled on a uh, slim frame gun, which is going to be something like one of my trusty shield 9mm or... G48 or G43X, something like that. Okay? So I am I am intending before the end of this year to, as part of my test, both carry and competition and training, I am still intending to to pick a double action, single action gun. Uh, most likely it's gonna be something like a CZP07. Maybe the Ruger, but I don't like the fact that the Ruger has a safety on it, a thumb thumb safety. You know, I know that there's a reason for that, but you know me. I just don't like, I don't like thumb safeties. Uh, you never know. Maybe if I, if I uh, really get kind of crazy, maybe I'll, I'll try a SIG 1911. Ah, hey, how about that? Put a 1911 into my test, right? Yeah. Everybody says, I hate 1911s. No, I don't. I don't know how I got that label. Somebody's, somebody started that years ago. Maybe because I talk about Glocks and M&Ps so much. Maybe people assume I hate 1911s. I don't. I just don't like guns with thumb safeties for defensive purposes. But for testing purposes at the range, at competition matches, at training classes, 
it's worth the test again. It's worth trying it one more time and doing a test again. If I test the 1911, it's going to be a 45 1911. I got enough 9mm guns. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. If I decide to get crazy, and you never know, sometimes I get crazy streaks, then maybe I'll I'll test one of those. Uh, you know, SIG makes a nice mid-sized 1911 with a, with a bobtailed grip, which which is kind of nice. It's kind of nice, and it's a fairly, uh, I mean, it's a well-built gun. It's a good gun. You know, I can't say can't say too many bad things about those guns. Um, you know, the Sig 1911s, their slides are mostly different. I mean, I, they do make some classic 1911s, but most of the Sig 1911s, their slides are different. But that's okay. That's okay. Just get a holster made for that gun, and uh, which is probably what I'll do if I to shoot a gun like that. If I test a gun like that. And we'll see what happens. You know, I'll probably maybe if I do that, I'll get some, I'll get some 185 grain 45 loads, and uh, try those out. He used to shoot one of those. Uh, used to have a Sig RCS. Uh, that that's one of those guns I sold that I wish I had not sold. I hadn't wish I hadn't have sold my Sig RCS, and I used to carry, I used to carry, uh, I think it was Federal Federal. 185 grain hollow points in that gun, and they felt great to shoot. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where everything goes, the testing and things like that. Uh, 1911s are still very viable guns. You know, you don't hear much about them now because everybody's making Wonder 9mm. And, uh, of course, there's some very, very nice 9mm pistols that are available today. I mean, it's unbelievable the great choices that we now have in 9mm pistols. But let's face reality. Let's face reality. The vast majority of gunfights really just don't need more than 9 to 11 rounds. Now, I'm not saying that never happens. So, if you can carry a Glock 19, an M&P, an H&K, a Ruger, whatever it is you like, Springfield XD with 15 or 17 rounds, if you can regularly carry that, great, carry that. If you cannot regularly carry that, but you can regularly carry a pistol, a nine-round gun, for example, even if it's a 1911, with eight in the mag and one in the chamber, you got a nine-round gun. I mean, there are a lot of good 1911s, and you can you can get good quality eight-round mags and have a 19-round pistol. Excuse me, <laughs> nine-round pistol. Even if it's in 45, there's nothing wrong with that. You're most likely going to be able to get yourself out of whatever kind of bad situation you're in with your 1911. I just hope, I just hope you have practiced and trained enough with your 1911 that you can disengage the safety 
and you can engage the grip safety so that you can fire that gun without fail. And that's just the personal preference part of it that I don't care for. But if they work for a lot of people, and if they work for you, great. Carry on. So that's it. That's pretty much it for this segment as I'm driving home from the range. It was a fantastic match. Oh, I, I do want to say something else. Uh, Ted Bonner at AASA, he, he runs a lot of steel. Matter of fact, today's match was all steel shooting. That's great. Every single stage, five of them, five stages, we were shooting steel. And I just, I, I think it's great. I love shooting steel. You get the instant feedback when you make a good hit. Matter of fact, you get visual and audio feedback. Uh, what they do, every time somebody shoots, they repaint the targets. So you also see where you hit on the target because it's been repainted with fresh paint. So you see where your bullets hit on the steel target. And you get the audio feedback of hearing that wonderful ding. Every time you hit the target ding, you hear that nice ding when you hit the steel. That's, trust me, folks, it's satisfying. If you've never shot very much steel, go shoot some steel because it's satisfying getting that audio feedback, isn't it? Okay, before I close this segment, I, uh, I want to say that uh, check out Modern Handgunners. Ben Branham and I have started a new video channel called Modern Handgunners. We're proud of it. We got five or six videos up there already. We need more subscribers. We need to get to like a couple of hundred subscribers so we can customize our channel. We're, we're reviewing some guns, and that's pretty much all we do is we, we review guns. And you get the perspective of me and Ben Branham. You get my everyday guy perspective, my practical everyday guy perspective. And then you get a little bit of a different perspective from Ben because, because of his military background, he kind of just has that mindset about concealed carry pistols. So you hear that. Uh, so far, the most popular video that we put up at Modern Handgunners on YouTube is the Ruger LCP-2 review that we just did. I own a Ruger LCP-2. Love it. That's my new favorite pocket gun. Yeah, it's more... I like that gun better than my car P380. You're going to have to watch the video. It's free. It's a free channel. Go to Modern Handgunners on YouTube. Modern Handgunners, or you can just go to ModernHandgunners.com, and you can watch the videos on our website, either way. But I'll tell you, I, that Ruger LCP-2 is a really nice pocket 380. Uh, nothing but great things to say about that gun, so check that out. So just a quick break, next segment coming up. Well, that's all for this episode. I once again apologize for the audio quality. Sometimes I have to just do what I, whatever I can do. Sometimes I take a trip and I forget to bring my headset and I got to record. When I'm ready to record, I got to record because everything's going through my mind. I've got it all organized in my mind, what I want to do, what I want to say. And so if I don't do it then, then I, I, I lose in my mind a lot of what I was uh, trying to say and... Uh, so I'm just going to make sure I always keep my nice headset in the Handgun World Mobile Studio, but I think the quality on that was good enough for you to be able to clearly and concisely hear everything that I had to say. And uh, thanks again for listening, folks. You know, I want you to 
I want you to keep the fight up for our gun rights. There are politicians this year feeling more emboldened to come after our gun rights. They're they're just they're feeling more they're feeling more powerful. Let's not let the anti-gunners feel more powerful. How about that, huh? Can you can you get with me on that? So the most important thing I think you can do is um, support gun rights organizations. I know that the NRA is kind of controversial. If the NRA is too controversial for you, if they're not your cup of tea, consider the Second Amendment Foundation. Because they do a lot in the courts. They win a lot of victories in the courts for us. A lot of them. Uh, Support them. Support your local rifle associations. Your local gun rights activists. Also, it's free to do. Make your voice heard to your local state and federal politicians. Make your voice heard. Call them, email them, write them letters, whatever you have to do. Uh, And pay attention. Pay attention to what your state is doing. Congratulations to Oklahoma being another state now, another state that is uh, giving constitutional carry now. Oklahoma passed constitutional carry. Some people call it permitless carry. Some people call it the way it should be. As it's often said, the Second Amendment is your concealed carry permit. Uh, So Oklahoma now has finally gone to constitutional carry. Sure wish Texas would. Uh, Boy, there's a lot of resistance to constitutional carry here in Texas where I am. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll get there. Hopefully we'll get there. I think there's 15 states now. I think Oklahoma became the 15th state now to have constitutional carry. Isn't that cool? You know why this is all happening? It's because of you and me and the many people who listen to this show and the many gun owners in America who stay active. So let's keep it up. Let's keep the pressure going. And uh, let's make everything constitutional carry. Should we? Huh, yeah. How about How about all 50 states constitutional carry? Then we don't have to worry about reciprocity and uh, of concealed carry permits and all that stuff just constitutional carry for everybody that's the way the founders meant the founders of this country that's the way they meant it to be that's what they wrote in the constitution that's what it should be with all that said thanks for listening to yet another episode of the handgun world podcast i'm bob main i carry a gun because i can't carry a cop and i want to let you know that Evil never exists in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. So, shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day as I do. And boy, I tell you what, starting my day with God's Word. Oh, when I start every single day with God's Word, even if you only do it for five or ten minutes, it makes a huge difference difference most of you know i'm a i'm a man of strong christian faith and i make no apologies for that and i like to tell people about my faith because it's that important to me okay folks thanks for listening have a great one talk to you again on the 15th of march goodbye
Get my